You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. Y'all ready to get in the Word tonight? Okay, I'm ready. I've got a word. I'm so excited to share this with you tonight. We're going to be wrapping up a series that we have been in for three weeks now called Poured Out. And if anybody has felt like God has spoken to you the last two weeks, I need you to shout that out with me. Say, Poured Out. Okay, sounds like God's been speaking. That's good. Uh, now, uh, I've got some really, really good news in this message that, um, that I, I think God is really, I think he's going to light a fire in some students tonight. Like, I feel like God tonight, through this word, I'm telling you, wants to put some zeal, some fire, some boldness into my New Song students family so that we can pour out. I believe that's something everybody, I hope that's something everybody in the room wants to do. Uh, but just like I say week in and week out, I'm like a broken record, but I, I, I have to say it. This message is going to require something of you. Yeah. It's going to require something of you. Um, and what is that going to require of you? It's not going to require you to be perfect. You don't got, you don't got to have it all figured out in life. Uh, you don't have to know a ton of theology and a ton of scripture and have a bunch of Bible verses in your brain to get this. Guess what? All you got to do is just want it. You just got to want it. That's all you need to do. So tonight, if you want it, bust out those poured out journals. Who's got their poured out journal tonight? Bust out uh, your, your phone notes, whatever you need to do. If you need to exit out of Instagram, you're scrolling through Instagram right now, get, get that out. Get out of here with that. Do whatever you need to do to soak in this word tonight. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I think it's going to be really good. Um, and just like I said last week too, if you've, missed, if you've missed out on any of this series so far, I know it's only been two weeks, but I'm telling you, I'm going to give you some homework right now. Go back and listen to it. Yeah. Go back and listen because every series, every message that we get to hear at New Song Students, whether it's me or a guest speaker, it's going to be great. But this series is different. Like, if you call New Song students your home, like, if you're here on a weekly basis, then I don't just want you to know this series. You have to know this series. Like, this is your homework. You have to because this isn't just your typical series. This is our vision series. Like, it's a big deal. Poured out is not just a phrase that we were like, oh, that's got a good ring to it. Let's throw it on a T-shirt and make it look pretty. No, 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 no. This is our vision, New Song students. Like, this is what we are trying to accomplish this year in 2022. Our main goal, our main objective this year is that at the end of the year, we could look at all of us, not just you guys, all of us, me included, and we can say, was I filled up and was I poured out? Amen? That is what we're trying to do. So, uh, so far, uh, we have... We've covered two weeks in Poured Out. It's been some really good stuff. And just like I said, each week is building upon the last. So you can't have week two without week one, right? And you can't have tonight without week one and two. So if you missed anything, don't worry. Don't freak out. Don't worry. I'm going to give you a cheat sheet. Anybody, anybody like cheat sheets? I'm going to give you a cheat sheet. Week one, super simple. If you want to write this down, what did we learn? We learned what Jesus poured out onto us. Jesus poured out salvation. Jesus poured out salvation. That was in week one. 
And it was a great word, man. We tried to open our mind, open our hearts to, to realize how big of a deal being saved actually is. It was really good. And then last week, we flipped it. We said, okay, if Jesus pours out salvation onto us, what do we pour out onto God? And we talked about this. We said, we pour out what? Somebody say it with me. Devotion. Come on, fam. We pour out. Devotion. There we go. We pour out devotion. How do we know if we're devoted? Well, we got to ask ourselves three questions. Has it cost us something? Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah. Has it cost us something? Have we gone public? Am I committed? It was some good stuff, and I'm believing. Uh, and I, I was talking to some people last week, which, by the way, how many of you guys have been enjoying altar ministry at the end of service? I, I'm telling you guys, I feel like God was removing some lids last week. It was, I felt the presence of God last week in altar ministry, and I'm believing he wants to do the same thing tonight. So let's do this. In Matthew 22, this was the passage that we looked at to open up last week's message, and I told you it was a to-be-continued to to continued verse. We're going to come back to it this week. And this is what it says. We, we looked at this because God is telling all of us, hey, this is the most important thing for you to focus on in life. These two things. Look at this. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God. Let's try this again. We didn't do this very well last week. With all of your heart. There we go. And with all of your soul and with all, sorry, I beat you to it, <laughs> with all of your mind. So Jesus is like, hey, this is the first and greatest commandment. You want to know what to do in your life? Do that. Just give God your life. And then he's like, oh, and there's another thing. Do this. Look at this. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says this, this is super powerful. On these two commandments depend all of the law and the prophets. So Jesus is like, you want a summary of the entire Old Testament? Love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, New Science students, God, he literally created you and I to pour out. He created you and I to pour out. And remember, last week we looked at this amazing truth. What is the one thing God wants in your life? He wants you. How crazy is that? The one thing God wants from you, it's not your works, it's not your good days, it's not your bad days. What does he want? He just wants you. He wants all of you. He just wants you to be with him, but to be fully devoted to him. That's what God wants. And then uh, Jesus says this. He says, the second thing that God wants for you to do after you love him is to pour out to people. He says, this is the most important thing you can do. Love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and love people. And so what did, he, what did he describe people as? Your neighbor. The first person in front of you. Your neighbor, your siblings. That person that drives you crazy. Guess what? You're called to love them. And so tonight, we're talking about pouring out, but specifically, I want to get specific what are we talking about when we say pour out to our neighbor, to, to people? We're talking about pouring out into the kingdom of God. Okay? So if you're taking notes tonight, the title of the message is this. The time to invest is now. It's right now. Write that down. The time to invest is now. But before we get into it, let's pray. Let's get our minds right, our hearts right. 
Father God, we thank you so much for meeting us here, Lord, for meeting us in worship, God. You are such a personal God. You are such a holy God. What an honor and a privilege it is that we get to just come straight to you like you're our Father because you are. So God, as your children, we just come to you today. We say, would you teach us? We don't know it all, but we want to grow. We want to learn how to be filled up, like Maddie said, so that we can pour out. So would you open up our eyes, open up our ears. If we've got a hard heart, would you break it so we can hear from you, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Okay. There's this thing that I do, uh, and, and you probably do it too, all right? We're going to get real tonight. There's this thing that I do, and you probably do it too, and it's avoid things that don't make sense to me. <laughs> Does anybody else do that? You know, when you don't, when something just doesn't make sense, or you don't really know a lot about it, or it's just kind of confusing, you're like, I'm just going to pretend that doesn't even exist. Anybody else? Come on, we're in church. If you do this, raise your hand, show me. Okay, okay, it's not just me. Uh, uh, I do this, but you know what? My family also does this. I'm going to throw some people under the bus, but then I'm going to throw me under the bus at the end, okay? So I'm not just dogging my family. So Haley, Haley, if you're listening, I hope she's not. Uh, my wife, Haley, she is guilty of this. You know why? Uh, there's something that does not make sense to Haley, and we've been trying to work on it, but it just, it just doesn't make sense, and, and that's doing the laundry. <laughs> so, so because of that, just like me, she has this superpower of pretending like that hamper in our room that is spilling out dirty clothes is pouring out. That hamper is pouring out. Dude, she doesn't even see it. Like, it's not like she's ignoring it. She literally, she doesn't even see it. It's crazy. My daughter, Marlo. Uh-oh. Throwing a baby under the bus? Jackson. It's not good. Okay, so my daughter, Marlo, she's guilty of this. Because uh, she, the second she could walk, she could also start climbing stuff. It was crazy. And uh, my daughter, Marlo, she does not understand why she can't climb on the fireplace. Like, it just doesn't make sense to her at all. She's like, why, Dad, why can't I do this? I'm, I'm clearly capable of climbing up the fireplace. And so because she doesn't understand why she can't do that, she has this superpower of completely ignoring me when I'm like, Marlo, no, 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 get down from there. She's like, what? I can't hear you. No, no, no. She just keeps climbing. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, I'm guilty of this. All right, you ready? I'm guilty of this because I don't, I'm not going to throw all men under the bus, but for me, sometimes, uh, I'm just going to be real, emotions are confusing. Can anybody relate? Sometimes emotions are just hard, all right? And so I've got this superpower of pretending like I don't have any emotions. So like, you know, Haley and I, it'll be like, it'll be the end of the day. We're sitting on the couch and Haley wants to check in on me because she loves me, right? She's like, hey, what are you feeling? Like, what's going on? You okay? And I'll say this really deep and profound statement. You ready for it? I'm good. And that's it. And I just completely ignore all reality, all emotion, because I don't get emotions. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Okay, I say all this to say so this. I'm going to go a little rabbit traily, but just hanging with me, it's going to be real good. You're going to be like, whoa, okay. Uh, there's another thing that I, I honestly don't know anything about. And so up until last week, I completely avoid it. And it's this weird world of cryptocurrency. <laughs> Does anybody know anything about cryptocurrency? 
Is it just me or does it honestly sound kind of illegal, right? <laughs> Cryptocurrency. Okay, I, I, I'm just going to be honest. I don't know much about like investing in general, but especially when it comes to cryptocurrency, that just sounds sketchy to me, okay? That just sounds straight up weird. So I didn't know how it works until this week, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a big boy. I'm going to start doing some research. So I started, I call it boopity boops when I research stuff. I did some boopity boops, and I researched some cryptocurrency, and uh, I learned some stuff about specifically the big one. We all know it. It's called Bitcoin. You guys heard about Bitcoin before? Okay, we're going to do a little history talk about Bitcoin. Y'all ready? Okay, so Bitcoin, you know, cryptocurrency, all of it, what is it? I mean, I don't know exactly what it is. It's kind of just this like meta, it just floats or I don't even know. It just, I don't know how it has value. I don't know how you buy it. All I know is that it exists and people buy it, right? And what you do is you buy it, it's like an investment and you hope over time it's going to grow in value and then you can cash out whatever Bitcoin you have and be filthy rich and get that mansion and that Tesla and all that cool stuff you want, right? That's the hope, but it's kind of like total luck. Like, it's just completely luck if any cryptocurrency is actually going to gain in value or, or whatever. So, Bitcoin specifically, I don't know if you knew this, but it, was, it started in 2009. Did you know that Bitcoin was that old? I'm just curious, who was born after 2009? Is that anybody in here? Okay. Whew. Was anybody born in 2009? Oh my gosh, I feel so old. Wow. Wow, y'all making me feel old. Okay, uh, y'all want to know what I was doing in 2009? I got a picture. I brought a picture last week. Check this out. This is what I was doing in 2009. We were going, this is Haley and I, feast your eyes. Check this out. This was, <laughs> I know, it's crazy. This was sophomore homecoming. Sophomore year of high school. I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's okay, y'all. We've, we've already repented for the hair. The hair was real bad. In fact, this is a really good testimony of what Jesus can do in your life. Like, just, y'all need to get saved as quick as you can because he'll, he'll clean you up. You, you can take that down. Take that down, Kaysen. Whew, that's bad. So, okay. So I was going to, I was going to homecoming in 2009. You know what I wasn't doing? I wasn't buying Bitcoin, which was a huge mistake, massive mistake, because check this out. In 2009, Bitcoin started. It didn't even have any value, so nobody even cared about it for another year. So check this out. The first transaction for Bitcoin, you couldn't even buy it with actual money. You had to trade, like ancient stuff. Like You had to trade works or like stuff to get Bitcoin. How, how weird is this? So look at this. I was doing some research. The first person who bought Bitcoin traded two Papa John's pizzas. This is real. This is real. He traded two Papa John's pizzas in Florida for 10,000 Bitcoin. 10,000 Bitcoin. Okay, listen to this. This should be up on the screen. I found this. Fast forward to today. And that same transaction would have valued at $114 million. What? 
says Peter C. Earle, economist and research fellow, check this out, at the American Institute of Economic Research. In honor of this pivotal moment, cryptocurrency fans and supporters call May 22nd Pizza Day. All right? Pizza Day. You know what Pizza Day is for you and me? It's the day that we missed out on buying some Bitcoin. Can you imagine trading two Papa John's pizzas 10 years later, turning that into $114 million? Dude, Papa John's isn't even good. I mean, imagine if it was like a hideaway pizza. Dude, you would be all right. You would be doing all right in life, okay? So check this out. Listen to me. On May 22nd, 2010, on May 22nd, 2010, you and I missed out on probably one of the greatest investment opportunities on the planet, right? We missed out, but I've got some really good news for you, New Song students. There's actually a better one. And I'm not playing. Like, there's actually, you think that sounds good? There is a better investment that I'm about to give to you. I'm telling you, y'all ain't even ready for it. Are you ready for this? There is a, this is, this is May 22nd, 2010 for us. This is the best investment opportunity you could ever invest in, all right? In Matthew 13, Jesus, he shares a parable with us to help shed some light on, the, on this investment opportunity that I'm telling you about, all right? And this is an investment opportunity, hear me, that too many Christians are missing out on. They're like the people who missed out on Bitcoin. They're missing out on this opportunity. Look at it. What is it? This is Jesus talking. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and then covered up. Then in his joy, he goes back, sells all that he has, right? And buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search for fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, he found that Bitcoin, he went out, sold all that he had, and he bought it. All right, New Song students, write this down if you're taking notes. God's kingdom is your greatest investment opportunity. And I'm going to unpack this tonight, but I want you to hear this. It's better, it is better than getting $114 million worth of Bitcoin. God's kingdom is your greatest investment opportunity. And according to Jesus, uh, a person that stumbles upon his kingdom is just like that guy in 2010 who stumbled upon Bitcoin. It's the same exact thing. And I'm telling you right now, if somebody came up to me, little Jackson, in 2010 and was like, hey, it's going to sound really sketchy, but you should buy Bitcoin now because in 10 years, it's going to be worth a lot of money. If somebody told me that then, and it was just a tiny little investment, you bet I would have been putting some pizza in that investment bowl. I'd be selling the Xbox. I'd be working a little extra to put some in. Are you hearing me? Like I'd be, I'd be going all in because I knew that this was going to pay off in the end. Are you hearing me? This is going to pay off. I would not want to miss out on such an incredible investment opportunity. So New Song students, like I said tonight, I'm excited. This is why I'm so excited because I'm, I'm about to give you that same investment opportunity tonight with the rest of our time together. I, I want to look at two things, kind of like we did last week. First off, I'm going to be like a businessman tonight, and I want, to, I want to talk you into buying the kingdom of God. I want to talk you into why you should be selling 
everything. You should be pouring all of your stocks into the kingdom of God. I want to talk about what I mean by that because that's kind of confusing. And then just like last week, I want to talk about what's keeping us from doing that. I want to talk about why we would miss out on such a stinking good opportunity. So does that sound good? Y'all hanging in with me? Okay, okay. Uh, Before we do that, what in the world am I talking about when I say the kingdom of God? That's such a big term. It's kind of confusing. Uh, Well, when I'm talking about the kingdom of God, you got to know, especially when the Bible talks about the kingdom of God, it's not talking about a physical place, okay? Uh, We're not missing out on the kingdom of God because we live in Edmond, Oklahoma, right? And it's over, you know, somewhere else cooler like LA or New York and like we're missing out. No, 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 no. You don't got to worry about FOMO in God's kingdom because it's not a place, it's a people, okay? Here are three things about God's kingdom that you got to know. I'm going to give them to you real quick. God's kingdom is God's family. Next thing is this. God's kingdom is God's growing family. So the kingdom is being built. And then the last thing is this. God's kingdom is a family where God leads. In other words, he's the boss. He's the dad. He's the ruler. And we're not. So God's kingdom is a family. It's growing, and it's a family where God is the boss. You hearing me? Yeah. Okay, so, so what do I mean when I say invest in the kingdom? Like, what, is that, what does that practically look like to invest in the kingdom? Well, uh, it actually looks like the verse that we opened up to last week and this week. It looks like Matthew 22. God says, hey, you want to know your entire purpose in life? I can sum it up in two commandments for you. You ready for it? This is God. Because, you know, God is clear because clear is kind. He's not just making you guess your way to heaven. God is super clear. He's like, you want to know? You want to know the most important thing you need to do in life? It's this. Love me. Just, Just love me. Give yourself to me and pour into people. Love people. Love your neighbor. Help this family, help this kingdom grow. And I know this is the final message of Poured Out, but I want you to know, when God gave me this this series, this vision, this was the end goal of the whole series, is this. God, don't just fill me so I can feel good about myself. Fill me up so that I can pour out. New Song students, you guys need to know that the, the reason why we do this every single week is not so you guys can just come in and feel real good about yourselves. Now, obviously, that's a really good thing, and that happens, right? It's good for us to come in and for God to speak to our hearts and to, to build us up. That's part of church. But can I tell you that that is not where our purpose stops. Our purpose is so that you would be filled up on Wednesday nights and then leave and pour out. Are you hearing me? And look at this. Write this down. We don't just exist for the people in here. We exist for the people not here yet. We don't just exist for all of the incredible people in this room right now. And there are, let me tell you, there are some incredible students in this room. When I see you guys week in and week out, I'm telling you, you guys bless my socks off because I love watching you grow. But at the same time, I know that there's a lot of students that are not here yet, and they should be. And guess what? It's not my job to get them here. It's not my job to pour out to to your friends. It's your job. It's on you. So 
what does it mean to invest into the kingdom of God? I got three points for you. Number one, or why should we invest into the kingdom of God? First one is this, God says so. <laughs> you ever heard your mom or dad say that? You're like, oh, mom, I don't want to come home at 10. All my friends get to stay out so much later than me. And then they say this to you, because I said so. <laughs> you ever been there? You ever been? Yeah, I've been there. Now, check this out. I know this sounds kind of harsh. There's actually benefits to investing into God's kingdom. We're going to get to those in a second. But at the end of the day, why should we do it? It's because God tells us to. Look at this. The person who modeled this perfectly for us is a guy named Jesus. You ever heard of him before? Okay, we're going to look at Jesus. There's a story. I love this story. You've probably read it recently. It's John chapter 4. It's about the the Samaritan woman at the well. Now, we're not going to read the whole thing because we don't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Sometimes we make time for that, but not tonight. Not tonight. So just to quickly recap, what happens in this, in this story? You've got Jesus. He's on his way to Galilee. And he kind of, honestly, he could go a different way, but he doesn't. He goes through Samaria. And, you know, he, he, he meets this woman at the well. They have a conversation. He's kind of reading her mail, and she's like, whoa, bro, how do you know all that about me? You're kind of freaking me out. I think you're a prophet. And Jesus is like, yeah, kind of am. And she ends up uh, offering him a drink, and Jesus says, hey, if you would ask me for water, he was like, I'm going to give you, I could give you so much better. I want to give you living water. And so she goes, and you know the story. She goes, she tells the town, you got to check out this dude who knows everything I ever did, which I don't know if I would be telling people that, but that's what she did. And then they all come back, they see Jesus, and he ministers to them. It's this crazy story. But check this out. The, the first couple verses in this story really stuck out to me. I want to read it to you. And we're going to see kind of this point played out right here. Look at this. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, because apparently it was a contest, I don't know, baptizing contest, although Jesus himself didn't, he didn't even baptize, it was his disciples. I like how John clarifies that there, it's just kind of funny to me. He left Judea and departed again for Galilee. Look at this, this is why he went, and he had to pass through Samaria. He had to pass through Samaria. New Song students, why did Jesus have to pass through Samaria? Was it because it's the faster route to get to Galilee? Nope, that's not why. Uh, was it because Samaria, Samaria's got like some really good mountains? You got to go check them out? Nope. Is it because Samaria is like known for their real good food? Nope. Why did Jesus have to go through Samaria? Because God told him. Because God said so. Jesus went to Samaria because God said so. Look at this. He tells this to the disciples after the woman leaves the well. Look at what he says to them. Just then the disciples came back and they marveled. They're like, dude, Jesus, you're talking to a Samaritan woman. That looks really bad. What do you seek, they said, or, or why are you talking to her? They didn't say that. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. So Jesus is like, I came here because I have to come here. Why? Because it's my father's will. And later in John 5, Jesus actually tells his disciples, he's like, hey, dude, I can't do, I know, you, I know I'm the son of God. 
I can't do anything apart from my father. Jesus is like, hey, everything you see me do, I'm just doing it because God told me to do it. So Jesus is walking around in the same way that you and I do, where God says, hey, go pray for that person. Okay, yes, sir. Okay. Hey, you need to go talk to that person about, about your faith. Okay, yes, sir. I'll do it. Hey, you need to go up to altar ministry tonight and tell that leader something. Okay, yes, because God said so. You need to pray for that person in public, even when it's uncomfortable. Okay, that's right. God said so. I'll do it. Are you seeing this? Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, even he didn't have an excuse to just go around and do whatever he wanted, right? Jesus did not have an excuse. Only he did what his father said he would do, and what did his father tell him to do? Pour out. Pour out to people. And guess what? When you do that, I'll take care of the rest. New Song students, you know what we're called to do? We're called to pour out into people. Why? Because God said so. Number two is this. This one's really important. You are God's plan to reach people. You are God's plan to reach people. Y'all need to know, God has some big plans for his kingdom. God is in the business of growing his family. We can see that pretty clearly here at New Song Students. Like His plan is to reach people, and and you want to know how he wants to accomplish that plan? It's with you. And guess what? There's no plan B. <laughs> like, have you ever thought about that? There's no plan B. You know, how, you know how God wants to reach your school, your family, your friends, your, your people? It's not me. It's you. He wants to use you. He's not about creating, like, tight-knit cliques. He's not, a, he's not about creating closed families. He's not about creating clubs. God says, hey, let your light shine before men. You need to tell everybody. You need to be pouring out to people. And in John chapter 4, God planned on meeting that woman at the well. But you know, the only person who was able to do that was not the Holy Spirit. It was Jesus with the Holy Spirit. Like, Jesus was the plan. He, there was no plan B. It was Jesus. And th- those people being added to, to God's family, all those people from the town that followed him, that was on the other side of Jesus' obedience. New Song students, man, I wonder how many people are just on the other side of your obedience. I wonder how many people that God wants to add to this family are just on the other side of you saying, okay, God, I'm going to do what you say because I'm the plan. Like, there's no plan B. I'm the plan. And when Jesus, you know, he gives out this great commission before he leaves his disciples, what does he say? He says, go and make disciples. Uh, You know what Jesus didn't say? He wasn't like, hey, go and just like try to be a good Christian and like be nice to people and just people are automatically going to join God's family. It's amazing. You don't got to do anything. No, that's not what he said. He said, go and make disciples. And check this out. He said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's going to help you do this, but you know what he's not going to do? He's not going to do it for you. So we have an amazing helper, but he's not going to get people for you. He's going to help you do it. He's going to help you reach people. We should invest into God's kingdom, number one, because God said so. Number two, because we are God's plan to reach people. And number three is this. Check this out. Investing into the kingdom, this is the benefit. It actually fills you up. It fills you up. And this is, we kind of see this. There's this weird, awkward interaction 
with Jesus and the disciples after the woman leaves because they're all kind of weirded out at the fact that Jesus is talking, one, to a woman by himself, and two, a Samaritan woman. Because in that day, Jewish people, they weren't hanging out with Samaritans. There was prejudice, and it was honestly like racism. And so they were like, whoa, Jesus, what are you doing talking to this Samaritan woman? So how cool is it that Jesus broke both of those barriers? It's pretty cool. He breaks the race barrier. He breaks the gender barrier. He says, you're worth it. And then check this out. There's a little silence. The disciples are kind of like freaked out about this. And then one of them is like, so, uh, Jesus, you hungry? (laughs) They're like, hey, Jesus, uh, have you eaten anything yet? You look pretty hungry, bro. And Jesus is like, nah, dude, I'm good. I'm good. I've actually got food that you don't even know about. (laughs) <laughs> and Peter looks at John, and they're like, did you get Jesus a snack? No. And Peter looks at Bartholomew, and Bartholomew's like, did you get Jesus a snack? And they're like, no. Where is he getting this food that we're not seeing? And Jesus is like, dude, you guys are not getting what I'm putting down. You're not picking up what I'm putting down. Look at what he says. Jesus said to them, my food, he's like, you know what fills me up? Is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. And then he says this. He says, do not say, uh, there are four months, then comes harvest. He says, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes, wake up, and see that the fields are white for harvest. So, So Jesus, I want you to know, he's not saying that he doesn't need physical food because he's like some superhuman. He was a human. He needed food, but you know what he was telling his disciples? You know what fills me up more than food? Seeing people added to God's family. Seeing this family grow. You know, what, Phil, you, know what, you know what gets Jesus stoked on life? Does anybody want to be stoked on life? I do. You know what fills you up more than food, more than stuff? Seeing people added to God's family. I'm telling you, that will fill you up more than anything else that this world has to offer. And, and Jesus is saying, hey, if you would just look up, people are literally waiting for you to ask them. Like you think, you think that you're going to get rejected if you try to reach out for people. What does he say? He says the the harvest is ripe. He said, it's ready to, yeah, it's ready to go. If you would just go, man, they would, they would, they would receive this invitation. I'm telling you, this is some good news, new song students. And, and if, and what he's saying, honestly, it makes so much sense because I don't even need to be the first person. I know I'm not the first person to tell you this. We see this all the time in the world. A life lived trying to fill us up with stuff is going to be the most empty life you could live. We all know this. So honestly, it makes perfect sense that Jesus is saying, oh, you want to be filled up in life for real? Don't live for earthly stuff. Don't live for earthly food. Pour out to people and you'll be more stoked than anybody. You'll have more joy, more peace than anybody because that's what you were created to do. Amen? Amen. Come on. And um, I, when I say this, I'm kind of joking, but I'm also kind of not. Jesus, in this moment, he's, he's giving you permission to be a little selfish. He's like, hey, you want to be full? Pour out to people. It's going to fill you up. It's going to make you feel good because I'm telling you, seeing God's family grow is the greatest thing you could ever be a part of. So those are my three reasons why I think you should be investing into God's kingdom. And as we get ready to close, like, why, why don't we? Why do so many of us not take this opportunity to invest in God's kingdom?
Like, why do, we, why do we miss this? I've got a couple reasons, and then we're going to get ready to close. What keeps us from investing? First one is this. It's pretty simple. We just don't know. We just don't know. We're like, that, we're like everybody, basically, living in 2010. We've never heard of Bitcoin before, and we're just, we're just living our lives. We're just going through the motions, and we just have no idea. And there's a lot of people like that, but unfortunately, uh, after tonight, New Song students, this ain't you anymore. <laughs> Because you know now. You know about the investment, so you've got to do something about it. So that's the first reason. We just don't know. Why else would we, would we not invest in this amazing opportunity? Number two is this. It's worldliness. Worldliness. Now, check this out. When I say worldliness, uh, I'm not talking about, like, you need to be perfect in order to spill out for God's kingdom. Like, I'm not saying you've got to have your life all figured out, and if you don't, God's going to be like, ah, sorry, dude, you can't make it. <laughs> you don't, you're not a part of the team. God's not looking at you, and he's not like, uh, I'm, I'm looking at your weekly report, and it looks like you cheated on a test this week, so no more pouring out into the kingdom for you. That's not what it's about. Now, obviously, we want to live a holy life. We want to look like Jesus, but that doesn't keep you from investing into God's kingdom, but worldliness does. What do I mean by worldliness? Well, check this out. Jesus talks about this in Luke 12. He says, And he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his stuff. Look at this. And then he tells them a parable. This is an interesting parable. He says, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. So he's talking about a guy who's rich, got tons of stuff. He's successful. Look at this. And he thought to himself, what shall I do with all this stuff that I have? What shall I do with all of my crops? For I have nowhere to store them. So he said, I will do this. I will tear down my old barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all of my grains and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for your, for your many years. Relax, live your life, eat, drink, be merry. But then God, he brings the hammer down. And look at this. God says... Fool, this night your soul is required of you. In other words, you, you were looking at earthly goods as, as, your, as your purpose in life and storing those up, and your life is over. Wow. And guess what? You're not taking any of that with you. Wow. Look at this. He says, he says this, this night is required of you, and the things you have prepared, all of your stuff, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself on earth and is not rich towards God. Didn't invest in the kingdom. So what kind of worldliness am I talking about? What what do I mean by worldliness? I'm talking about the storing up of earthly experiences, earthly stuff. this This is what worldliness is. It's this thought, and we have all had it before. Dude, if I could just have that, then blank. Dude, if I could just have... Whatever you, whatever you want to name it, name it. If I could just have that, then I'd be good. You know, we see, we see I'm, I'm on YouTube a lot. I love YouTube. I like Instagram. We see all these people on YouTube and Instagram, and we think, man, their life looks so good. If I just had that then, then I'd be good. And we are all guilty of worldliness. I'm guilty of worldliness. I have to be on guard against worldliness. Literally, just a funny story. Last semester, 
I was looking into buying a new camera. I like to take pictures of my family. I love photography. And so last year, I was doing some research on a camera to get, and I love YouTube. So I'm following all these guys on YouTube and looking at all this cool camera gear, doing my research. And, you know, worldliness started to creep up in my heart a little bit because I started to see, dude, these guys, like, they get paid to just be on YouTube and play with cool toys and take pictures. Man, that looks kind of good. Man, what do I need to do to get that? And it's me saying, God, what you've called me to do isn't as important as that. Are you hearing me, New Song students? This is the worldliness that keeps us from investing in God's kingdom. It's, man, if I just had this, then I'd be good. And it keeps us from, it keeps us from investing in God's kingdom. Worldliness is the mistake of thinking that material blessings is worth investing more than spiritual blessings. And I want you to know, God's not saying stuff is evil. Stuff is good. God literally created stuff, right? Like God created everything. He's not saying you can't like stuff as a Christian. He's just saying invest into what's more important first. You hearing me? I want to invite the band to come up as we get ready to close. Number three is this, and I love this point. This one, I'm about to blow your mind with this one. We misunderstand eternal treasures. We misunderstand eternal treasures. And if you're, if you're losing me, just come back real quick. We're almost done. And I'm telling you, this is so crucial. If you'll pick this up with me, look at this. Look at what Jesus says. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Look, look at what Jesus says. He's literally giving you permission to store up treasure. Look, store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, let me, let me unpack this real quick because this is going to blow your mind when you understand this. I think one of the reasons why we don't invest in God's kingdom is because we're thinking too worldly, like physically, physical worldly. We're not thinking about what heaven actually is like. I want to tell you what heaven is actually like. I think sometimes when we think of heaven, I used to be, obviously used to be guilty of this. We think of like, it's just like we're floating in the sky and like maybe we have wings, maybe we don't. You know those, those paintings, those old paintings of like babies in heaven floating around? You've probably seen something like this. You know, you got the floating babies and they've got their, their booties hanging out and, and their wings on their, this is sometimes what we think heaven looks like. This is not what heaven looks like. Sometimes, one, one time I was at a worship uh, when I went to uh, Bible college, we had morning chapel for an hour every single day. It was early and tiring, but it was good too because it was worship and I'm a Christian. And um, so check this out. One day during worship, uh, the worship pastor, we had been going for an hour already. And he said, guys, this is what heaven is going to be like, but forever. And I remember thinking, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love to worship, but forever? No, check this out. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is what's so cool about Jesus having a physical resurrected body. Listen to me, New Song students. This is what's so cool about salvation. Heaven is like this, but better. Like heaven, in heaven, listen to me. You're going to have a physical, spiritual, upgraded, resurrected body. 
and you're going to live in perfect harmony with God. But it's going to be like earth. Because the Bible talks about it, new heavens, new earth. You know, God is not saving you from the earth. He's saving you to the earth. I'm going to say that again because you did not get that. God is not saving us from the earth. He's saving you to the earth. So in heaven, we're going to be doing people stuff. We're going to be worshiping just like this. But we're going to be with Jesus. We're going to be eating in and out in heaven because in and outs the best. We're going to be taking we're going to be taking Sunday afternoon naps in heaven because we're going to have a resurrected body. Have you ever thought about this before? Guys, this is why heaven is so legit. We're going to have resurrected bodies. Now listen to me. I say all of that to say this. Jesus says in that afterlife you're actually able right now in your life to store up treasures in heaven. Now, I know we're almost done. Hang in with me, though. The things, this is not concerning salvation. Like, we don't work to get to heaven, right? We've talked about this already. The only way you get to heaven is by receiving Jesus. But after that, you better know you can earn treasures in heaven. And let me tell you, there's going to be some grannies in heaven that have a mansion so much bigger than you and me because they've been praying their whole lives and nobody even noticed They were praying in a closet for years and years for their family, for revival. And you know what? They're going to have a mansion that you would be lucky to be invited to in heaven. Because guess what? They invested into the kingdom. How crazy is that? Like when you go to heaven, we don't all just get the same thing. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird to think about. But heaven is not communist China. Like, listen to me. Like the Bible says that if you're martyred, if you're killed for your faith, you get a special crown. Guess what? If I'm not martyred, I don't get that. So this is why the way we live, are you hearing me? This is why pouring out into the kingdom is such a big deal. And it's not just a big deal. What a gift is it that we even get to do that? Like you right now, the way you love your family, the way you love your friends, the way you reach out to people, even a single, y'all know, a single invite is treasure in heaven. And Jesus says, you're allowed to be a little selfish about heaven. I want you to have zeal in your life. I want you to be fired up because what you're doing, it's not going to be left when you die. You know, the whole world is storing up treasure that's just going to, it's just going to disappear when they die. But you, you can store up treasure that's going to last forever. Amen? So check this out. Last thing is this, and then we're going to close. What's the last reason why we aren't doing this? It's this. We aren't seeing the opportunity. And I love what Jesus says in John 4. I want to close with this. He says, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are ripe for harvest. Look at this. Jesus says, wake up. Who do you got to invest in? Sometimes we, we just think too far ahead and we're like, oh man, man, I'll invest in the kingdom like when I'm older and I've got a business and like maybe I'm a pastor one day. No, 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 no. Jesus says to you and me right now, look up. Who's in front of you? Who's the first person in front of you? Is it your family? Is it your siblings? Is it that person that's working at Chick-fil-A? That's who you pour out to. Look up, Jesus says, and invest into my kingdom. And I'm telling you, you will, you, will, you will be partaking in the most incredible investment opportunity you could ever 
think of. It's better than Bitcoin. <laughs> it's better than anything you could invest in in your life. It's better. Invest in the kingdom. New Song students, I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me.